Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I'm really excited about today's series as we're going to begin a brand new series uh, in our year of alignment. And we're going to talk about some really fun stuff but and also helpful stuff. Before we do talk about that, I do want to make mention is uh, God has done so much in our church family. I know this is our 1130, but this last year, actually we've been in this building now officially two years at our Fullerton location. Costa Mesa is coming up on one year. Come on, Costa Mesa. Talk about all that God's doing over there. So proud of them. But this being our 1130 service, as our church has grown, I'm just blown away about all that God has done. Um, our 1130 service is the most foolish service on our Sunday service where overflow chairs on many services, as well as our kids' church. So I just want to make an encouragement at our Fullerton campus that if you can attend another service, you would be amazing. Our 930 service has a little more room. Our 5 p.m. 930 is about 70% full. Our 530 is about 60% full. Our 1130 is nearly over 110% full. And so I know you love the 1130, but if by any way you want to come to a different service time, we will love you. You're amazing. And uh, you'll get brownie points in heaven. Just kidding. Come on. Here, it would really, really help us. I know, um, look what God has done. Amen. I mean, there are more people, there are more babies in the nursery than we had when Freedom House. You, know, you ought to give God a clap. This is a work of God, not a work of man. To God be the glory. So, just want to put that out there. Or also, we have our Costa Mesa campus. So if you're driving past our Costa Mesa campus, you need to go to Costa Mesa. It is an amazing, I love you, Costa Mesa. Come on, clap for Costa Mesa. Go visit our Costa Mesa campus. And as we expand and grow, God is moving. But why don't you grab your Bibles and let's, let's jump into this series. And uh, today we're going to uh, talk about a series as we continue the year of alignment that we have entitled uh, Emotions emotions, managing your moods. Do you know anybody emotional? Don't point. Don't get yourself in trouble. Come on. All right. That's why I came to church. Just kidding. Come on. I brought them with me. No, I'm joking. But, but, but there are a lot of emotions and, uh, you know, right? He motions and she motions. Come on. Guys could be moody too. They're very moody. Uh, anyway, but uh, we're going to talk about the whole spectrum of how to manage our emotions, what God's word says about it. But go with me to Psalms chapter 23. And we're going to read the 23rd Psalm, and I actually want to extract here, and I want you to see that God is dealing with the, a lot of emotions here to heal us from. If you didn't get a message earlier when you walked in, lift your hand, or us will give that to you. They're walking down the aisles there in Costa Mesa, Fullerton, also online. They're going to put a link. You can click it, and you can have the notes there. But I want to extract some pieces of, uh, of text here from Psalm 23. And oh, I forgot to mention, this Friday is our marriage conference. Where's up, married people? Let's go. And so just a few days away, register for the marriage conference, Thrive Marriage Conference, we're calling it, because you're not just to survive, God wants your marriage to thrive. And so uh, get to that. I said the point in the video there is so many people invest in getting married, but they don't invest to stay married. So get there. There's a registration, of course. We're going to have food, a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, but let me just tell you this. It's cheaper than having to go through marriage counseling. Oh, that was a good, that was good. I felt that one, all right? So jump in. It's going to be real, real, real cool. And uh, invest in your marriage, amen? Psalm 23, ready for the word? Psalm 23, verse 1 through verse number 6 here. Look what the Bible says as we're going to talk about emotions. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. In other words, I shall not be in want or I won't have any lack. Verse 2, he makes me lie down where? In green pastures. In other words, he's causing me to rest. And some of you need to chill. You're just all over the place. It says, he leads me besides the still waters. Watch verse 3. He restores what? My soul. What is your soul? It is your mind, your will, and your emotions. God wants to restore your soul. In other words, refresh it and bring stability to your emotions. It says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for him's name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear, another emotion. He says, I'm not going to have no fear of evil even when I'm going through circumstances. It says, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they what? Comfort me. Notice another emotion of comfort. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's some more emotion. Goodness. Follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the freedom house of the Lord. I'm just kidding. That's not what it said. I added that there. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Where? Forever. I want to draw your attention back to verse 3 where it says, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. God cares. Watch this now. About your emotional well-being. He wants us to be emotionally healthy, emotionally stable, and emotionally well. And I want to talk about what the Bible says about our emotions. And I know this is going to bless us because it's all going to come from the Word of God and how God cares about our emotions. And I believe this is never a better time to talk about it, especially in today's cultural climate of all that's going on around the world. Let's pray one more time. Would you bow your head with me and let's invite the Lord in this place. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that... You died upon the cross, but you didn't stay on the cross. You rose again so that we too can rise again, be resurrected from whatever's trying to hold us down. And Father, my prayer today as we've opened up your holy word is that you would heal us emotionally, that you would restore our soul. If there be anybody within the sound of my voice who in their soul is going through turmoil and storms and instability, Father, I pray that through your holy word, you would stabilize us emotionally, internally, so that we can be emotionally healthy and serve you out of a place of love and out of a place of your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All of God's people say, amen. Come on, would you give God one more clap? You may be seated. And you know, I always tell you to bug your neighbor. Can you tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to be emotionally stable. Tell them that. I'm going to be emotionally. Some of you had to say that by faith, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to be emotionally stable. You can add in Jesus' name behind it if you want. In Jesus' name, okay, to give us that power. So good. I want to talk to you in the next couple of weeks about emotional health, emotional health from God's Word. Not some type of humanistic, you know, uh, just postmodern word that, that is just existentialism, but I want to talk to you from the Scriptures, and how the Bible wants us to be emotionally healthy. And I already read to you how the scripture says that he restores our soul. And I want to show you how God intended for us to be emotionally healthy and stable. But just like anything good, the enemy is always trying to manipulate what God wants to bless. Because it is important that we are emotionally healthy and that we walk through life with this part of who we are healed and led by faith, not just by our feelings. Can I get an amen? <laughs> 
And uh, as we journey through this, again, it's, it's important because I don't think you got to look real far, but have you ever met somebody who's real moody? Okay, just look straight. Some of you are like, I have no clue, Pastor, who you're talking about. Okay, smart man. But, you know, you will meet people in life who may be very moody, who are always succumbing to their emotion, who are really led by their feeling when, as believers, we should be led by our faith. Our emotions mess with us. I'll raise my hand, okay? You can go through a day and you'll feel all type of emotions. That's why we're using for this series the graphic of all these emojis because some of you can relate. Some moments you're like, and other moments you're like, all right, that's, that's your day, okay? And we all go through emotions. And in this series, we're not going to talk about how you shouldn't feel. God wants us to feel. But we do want to talk about how do we deal with those feelings. Because if we don't control our emotions, our emotions will control us. And, and we're not called to serve feelings. We're called to serve God. And, and so I want to really talk about from that premise so that we can break this down. And I think it's going to help us. And it's just my opening thoughts here. It's going to help us to make much more godly decisions. Decisions out of wisdom and discernment, not decisions out of feeling and emotion. Because so many people, the reason we get ourselves into trouble is because we made an emotional decision when we should have made a decision out of wisdom and from the Spirit of God and His Word. Can I get a better amen? Okay, we get ourselves into things. And so I really want to talk from that premise that I think, again, over the next coming weeks, as this, we're calling this the year of alignment as a church family, we've aimed at that and said, God, we want to bring everything into alignment, is that we're saying, God, let this be the year that everything lines up. And, and I really believe one of those things that's going to have to line up is our emotions, okay, is internally. It's a principle year so that we can fulfill the thing that God wants us. Now, what the, the, the reason why uh, it's hard to keep our emotions oftentimes at bay is because the, one of the number one areas the enemy is going to tempt you in, Satan is going to tempt your emotions. It's going to be one of the number one areas that he is going to try to get you. Just tell your neighbor, say, don't play with my emotions. Say that, don't play with my emotions. One of the number one areas the enemy is going to try to get you is he's going to try to tempt your emotions, try to get you to feel a certain way, whether it be anger or rejection or insignificance, is the enemy plays because he realizes Satan knows that if he can get you to serve your emotions, then you won't serve your God. You'll serve the God of your feelings. <laughs> And that's when we, most of us get ourselves into trouble. And so this is so true because far too many Christians, far too many believers are held hostage by emotional strongholds. Whether it would be uh, anger or depression or discouragement or frustration, insecurity, insignificance. I can't wait to talk about that in the weeks to come and really zoom in how I believe in today one of the most biggest things the enemy uses to try to make you feel insignificant. And we'll talk about that. But lack of confidence or, or fear and on and on. And what happens, the result is it, it causes us to be in a stronghold and puts us into a place that ultimately leads us to getting out of God's will. And so God wants us to get healed in this emotional area. Now, I'm going to be very teacher-like, so I know I love to preach, but I also love to teach, so let me break this down. Some will say, break it down, okay? So, so let me break this down, is why God wants our emotions to be at bay is point number one, write this down. I'm getting right into this. I got a lot of ground to cover. I came to work. I should roll my sleeves up. Come on, okay? Write this down. Point one is because our mind is connected to our emotions. You cannot separate the two. Our mind is connected 
to our emotions. They are symbiotic. They, are, they go together. You cannot remove the two. So you can't say, well, my emotions are over here and my intellect is right here. No, they're both connected. So what you think is what you'll feel, and what you feel is what you think. So why God wants us to get our emotions at bay is because it ultimately would affect your mind. And how, what you think about affects your emotions, and I'll prove it to you, okay? I'll prove it to you that what you think about affects your emotions. For example, if I say your ex's name, see, some of you got mad already right there, okay? Why'd you have to bring them up? I was having a good day, pastor, okay? I was all into this sermon, and now, all right, see, brought up an emotion, okay? If you think about maybe an event that took place in your life, maybe a, a, someone that abused you, someone who spoke ill of you, or, or maybe a betrayal you went through, when you think about that, it affects your emotions. And you put yourself in a certain type of mood where then you become defeated, and God didn't die on a cross for you to live defeated. He died on a cross for you to live in victory. Can I get an amen? Okay. Now, again, that does not mean that things won't happen, but I'm not going to let circumstances determine my faith. My faith controls my circumstance. Can I get an amen? So God wants us in this. So it's connected. So, again, why God wants us to get this area at bay is because, again, our emotions are connected to our mind. And if we start allowing our emotions to get out of whack, it will start getting your mind to think crazy. Like if you get angry and some of y'all start thinking some crazy thoughts when you get angry. And then I'm going to, you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa, chill out, okay? And so these two things are uh, very, very important and they're connected to one another. So the enemy, the way he attacks your thoughts is by attacking your emotions and vice versa. The way he tries to get you in your emotions is by attacking your thoughts. So we got to learn to manage this area so that internally we have victory. So let me answer this question as a kind of just laying the foreground for this series and we're gonna break it down in weeks to come is let me talk about why you have emotions. So where do our emotions come from? In your note sheet, write this down. Point 1A, write this down. Why do we have emotions? It's because God has emotions. So where did emotions originate? Emotions originated with God. Uh, you see, the Bible has a lot to talk about how God feels joy, how the Bible says that God has anger towards sin. He, he feels love, compassion. The Bible says that Jesus wept. That's grief. Uh, God created romance. It wasn't created in, in Hollywood. It was created in heaven. Okay, so God has emotion. He is the creator of emotion. And so emotions comes with God. Now I'm talking about the good emotions, right? Not the toxic things that the enemy tries to bring and divert that. But God created this emotion. In fact, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34 in verse number 6. Let's read this together here. The scripture says, The Lord passed in front of Moses and he called out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of what? God of what? Compassion and what? Mercy. He says, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. In that one verse, you find six emotions of who God is. We find all of these emotions. And so what you and I have to know is that we serve a God who has emotion. Now, of course, God is emotionally stable. Okay? And so God has emotion. And so we need to recognize that my God has emotion and so that's why I have emotions. So write this down, letter uh, 1B, write this down. It's very important for us to understand as we study this emotion is God created mankind to have emotion. So because the God we serve has emotions, he then therefore made humanity in his likeness and in his image. So therefore 
we have emotions. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the Bible says here at the beginning of all creation, then God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. Who's our? It's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So therefore, the reason you and I have emotion is because God has emotion. In other words, emotions are a gift from God, not a curse. Say this to me. Say, emotions are a gift from God. Say it again. Say, emotions are a gift from God. And so we have to recognize that I'm not going to curse my emotions just yet. Okay? Now, the enemy, I'm not talking about the toxic ones, but I am talking about how we need to recognize that God put emotions in me to bless me. That the emotions that I feel are so that I wouldn't be a robot, okay? God, eh, welcome to church, you know? I love you, honey, okay? We're not robots. So God created emotion. Now, this is, stay with me here, okay? Let me teach. Because if not, you will curse your emotions. Why am I so emotional? Why do I feel? That's a good thing. It's a good thing you feel. Why do I care about people so much? I wish I just didn't care. No! I want you to care about people. We just got to get that emotion under control, and then we're going to get it in the right direction. Come on, talk to me. Amen. Okay. Why, why do I let that affect me? It's because God gave you emotion. So don't curse those emotions just yet. God wants you to have emotion. He designed you. Now, he didn't design us to be emotionally unstable. Again, we'll talk about that maybe later on in this message here, but the Satan will come and try to thwart that and mess with that. As, as anything God creates that's beautiful, he's always trying to mess it up and, 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 and unbalance it. But we need to recognize that, God, you gave me emotion. I want to learn how to be able to have the emotions that God has and the same self-control that God has, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That those come from the Spirit, I want to have those in my home. Now, listen, imagine how that can change the temperature of your home when we get emotions at bay. I mean, I want to see the joy of God in my home. I want to see the love of God in my relationships. Come on, who am I talking to? I want to see the faithfulness of God in my life. This is powerful. Say amen. Come on. And so we need to do this because the opposite of, of not this is there are some that will try to disconnect from their emotions when they get saved and they'll, they become stoic. So they think emotions don't matter at all. And that's the other extreme, and I'll talk about both extremes here. But you become stoic where this person will say feelings don't matter. So when they get saved, they're like, you know, I don't show emotion. I'm holy. Don't laugh in church. <laughs> okay. You know, and so we get saved and we become like just, just, just like no fun. Uh, none. And, and the devil loves to think that church should not be fun. Should not be. No, church should be fun. Church should be the, I mean, I'm just going to be a real talking. I think church should be the funnest place on planet Earth. I think you should have the joy of the Lord. Come on, we are not the frozen chosen. You did not get baptized in Saladitos. Come on, you did not. I'm saved. I'm like, what? I'm a Christian. I'm like, I don't want that, you know. But so many, so, because then the opposite happens where, where we become so stoic that, 
um, then we, we, we go to one extreme where, you know, you won't show emotion and uh, it's just like, well, what, I'm going to heaven? You know, no, no, man. Okay, so God wants, let me show you the scripture that I got a lot of scripture today. Uh, what do you think we're going to do? You're in church. We're going to read the Bible. Matthew 22, verse 37, the scripture says this, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your what? heart with all your soul and with what all your mind so the heart is is detailing our emotion right mind will and emotions obviously our soul and so God wants us to worship him with passion and with emotion uh, in fact your devotion creates emotion and I want to speak to this because there are some who will will, will approach the relationship with God and say, I'm not an emotional person. I'm just not an emotional person. And it's like the survey says that you are because when you're watching the game, you are yelling at the ref and you about almost knocked your TV over. <laughs> and when someone cuts you off on the 5 freeway and the 405 freeway, uh, you had a lot of emotion, okay? So be like, I don't, I don't have emotion. No, yes, you do. In fact, what you're devoted to, your devotion reveals your emotion. And you should have emotion in the house of God. Now, that does not mean that you have to be charismatic. Uh, now, some of the most uh, emotional, devoted people are not super charismatic. They're just faithful. And that is an amazing emotion, okay? But you should be, no, there's an emotional reaction in me for my God. I show up, I worship my God, I serve my God, I love my God, I have a conviction for my God. Don't mess with my Jesus. Come on, talk to me, somebody. So we should have emotions. So again, let, let's break this down here. That's one extreme. So we recognize that when we serve God, he wants. Now, what is emotion? Uh, write this down somewhere on your notes. In definition, emotion is energy in motion. It's in the word e-motion. E-motion. Energy in motion. Now, I'm not talking about, again, some humanistic, you know, Air energy. No, no, no. I'm talking about the power of God coming through my life. So when I have the God that I serve in me, his power, his, his, his energy, his power motions out of my life. That is an emotion. It motions. So God wants us to have this so that when we, we are, you know, we're married, we're raising our children, we have friendships, we're being Christ-like at our workplaces, the energy or the power of God in my life is in motion the heavenly values is in motion in my life. Now, the other extreme is those that everything they do is out of emotion. So let's talk about that for a moment because have you ever met someone who is overly emotional? Don't point. Just this way. Okay. All right. Because the other extreme now, let's talk about that, is some people then get saved and they become overly emotional. The only thing that matters is how they feel. We're going to talk about this one, okay? Where now, this person, basically everything they do is how they feel. And the danger with this side when we get saved is if we're not careful, we will actually worship our emotions, not our God. It's real talk. Our emotions become the idol. In other words, every service we're seeking the goosebumps, not God. Woo! That feels good in here. Amen. All right? Is we start, well, you know, I wasn't feeling it. I'm not feeling the service. wasn't feeling the worship. You know, I'm not really feeling his blue shirt today. You know, I'm not really feeling the way they painted the wall. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I didn't really get goosebumps on that third song. I think we need to change this. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you seeking goosebumps or are you seeking God? Are, 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 you, are you trying to serve God or are you serving your feelings? And this can happen to a lot of Christians where I don't feel like, you know, worshiping. I don't feel like being a dad. I don't feel like fasting. 
asking. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like listening. I don't feel like working. And today you got to say, I don't live to my feelings. I live to my God. Can I get an amen? It is dangerous to live by your feelings. And so let me talk to this side. You cannot serve your feelings. We serve God. And so we need, it's dangerous because emotions, watch me now, emotions have no intellect. I'll say it again. Emotions, emotions, they do not care about your future. They just care about right now. You know, you will feel all kinds of ways. So you need to understand that my, my temporary feelings will not make a, I won't make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. Can I get an amen? And so we need to recognize I'm not going to live that way. Which brings me to point number two. We'll slide right into this point is here's what we need to understand. Why we need to get our, how to manage my emotions. Why it's important in our relationship with God is because we serve God. I'm sorry, we don't serve God with emotions. No, I'm sorry, we serve God with emotions, not from emotions. Say when we say, I serve God with emotion, not from emotion. Emotions are great companions, but they're terrible leaders. <laughs> terrible leaders. Because again, emotions have no intellect. They don't care about your future. They just care about right now. Like right now, they would just, I don't care about the future. I just got a feeling and I just, yeah, let's go. You know, no, you know, it's they only care about the moment. And so I got to recognize that I serve God with emotion, not from emotion. Now, this is valuable for us from God's word because what we have to recognize is I don't have to feel it to be faithful. Let's talk about that. You don't got to feel it to be faithful. My feelings don't determine my faithfulness. Okay, so I don't have to feel it to be faithful to my God. Now, today, as, as uh, I want to tell you, is my 23rd, today's my spiritual birthday. So I, 23 years ago, on February 16th, 1997, I gave my life to Jesus. And man, I'm so grateful for the, for the grace of God. I am so grateful for my salvation. If it wasn't for Jesus, believe me, I... <laughs> Uh, you would not like, I don't know if you like me now, but you would not really like me, okay? Like Jesus changed my life. And, and if it wasn't, I mean, look it, he, if just, I'm preaching. That is a miracle. Y'all don't even understand. Like, you're like, if that dude can, okay, God can use me. You just got to believe that. Okay, 23 years. And, and, and what God has done is he has broken strongholds in my life. And, and he has broken things. My, I mean, receiving Jesus, you don't understand. My family tree, it was burnt. Just I mean, it was, I had divorce and strongholds and addiction, like all up my family tree, just brokenness. But when Jesus came into my life, he has changed my life. He has now gave me a sense of hope and peace and future. And I just want to throw this out there. If someone today, if you're the only believer in your family, be the one who changes the family tree and says, the devil stops right here. There are more angels and demons that are against me. And I'm going to leave a legacy of blessing and faithfulness and the goodness of God. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And so I'm thankful for my salvation. Now, I said that because here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I've learned in 23 years. This is about as real as it gets. Maybe you never heard a preacher be this real, but this is real. Can I tell you something? Those 23 years that I have been saved, hashtag real talk, I haven't always felt it. It's real. There have been some Sundays I came to church, I'm going to tell you the truth, I wasn't feeling it. There's some Sundays I came to church, I'm like, God, where are you? 
There's sometimes I came to church, man, I was angry. I was like, blessed. I don't feel blessed. Got quiet. That's why I know you're listening. I love it when you get quiet. All right, I love it. That means you're listening. You know, some Sundays I came to church and I felt overlooked, felt betrayed. In those 23 years, I didn't always feel it. But if I would have listened to my feelings... I would still be stuck in that season of despair. And I just want to encourage you. Don't serve the lowercase g God of your feelings. Serve the God of your faith. Because if I would have stopped in that season, I still would have been stuck in discouragement. I still would have been stuck in offense. I still would have been stuck in unforgiveness. I still would have been angry. I still would have been jacked up. I still would have been tore up. I still would have been all, all bent out of shape. But I said, I serve a God who is faithful, and I'm going to be faithful even when I don't feel it and I thank God I'm not stuck there anymore but your boy is free your boy is now living in purpose and the goodness of God somebody shout I serve my God come on somebody tell you never say don't serve your feelings serve your God and if I would have served my feelings I don't think I'd be married that's real talk got quiet what yeah man I serve my feelings. I want to stay. I would, I've been staying holy. You know, it's hard to tell Pastor Marie, get off me, Pastor Marie. Come try to stay holy. I'm just kidding. Come on, somebody. That's a total joke. I'm in trouble now. Pray for your boy. All right. It was going good. <laughs> okay. I'd have served my feelings. Been like, yeah, hallelujah. You know? No, no, hallelujah. Okay? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to stay holy if I served my feelings. If I served my feelings, I would have went right back to my addiction. Because there were some days, ooh, I feel this right now. There was some, you know, I'm like, man, you know, well, you know, that's grace. No, no, no. I serve, I serve the God of my faith. That he is good even when things are not good. That he's in control even when everything's out of control. I'll say that one more time. I felt like someone needed that. That he's in control even when things are out of control. Who's that for? I, so I'm having a conversation with somebody right now. He's in control even when things are out of control. Because I serve God with emotion, not from emotion. Now, again... It's okay to have emotion. And in this series, we're going to talk about, I'm not trying to get us in this series to not feel emotion. That's not the goal. The goal is to get the emotion off the leader and put the emotion in the back seat. Regardless if I don't feel it, I'm still faithful. Say, even if I don't feel it, I'm still faithful. Let's read the verse, Proverbs 14, verse 12. Here's a good verse. I know y'all love Jeremiah 20, 11. That's a great verse. But let me give you one of these principal verses. Amen. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There is a way... That seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. When it says man, it's talking about mankind. That's man and woman, okay? It says there's a way that seems right. It looks right. It appears right. It even feels right. Bound chicken, wow, no. There's a way. It all seems to line up. But recognize, the Bible says, that its end is death, destruction. And there's a lot of time, well, you know, it just feels, no, no. It don't matter how it feels. What does the word of God say? Now, there are different ways that death comes. So you're like, well, I'm doing what my feelings want. 
and I ain't dead. <laughs> I'm living it up, lit. No. <laughs> death comes in different ways. It could be a physical death, but oftentimes it's a spiritual death. Because when you go home, and when all said and done, you look within your soul and you know that sin never makes you happy. You know that that is not filling the void of your emotion. At the end, it's death. It'll kill your relationships. And then the one I always tell people is it kills your destiny. Your God destiny of what could have been if you just served God, not your feelings. God, I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to serve you even when I don't feel. I'm going to do right even when it doesn't feel right. Oh, that was for someone right there. I'm going I'm to honor the Lord. See, we serve God through our faith. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. I got more scripture. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the than it, two-edged sword, cutting between, what is it cutting between the what? The soul and what else? Someone say soul and spirit. Between the joint and the mar, expose their animal thoughts and desires. So, pastor, how do I manage my feelings? Here's how. Through the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So I got my Bible right here, my old trusty Bible. I feel like my Bible letters are getting smaller. I don't know. Pray for me. I'm in denial. <laughs> so the Bible says that the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It, it, it literally separates soul and spirit. What is soul? Mind, will, and emotions. Let's just use emotions for now. The word of God cuts the emotion so you can listen to your spirit. So it's kind of like my, when I eat a steak, I always cut the fat off. Like I always cut it off. Okay. And I'm like, eh. what the word of God does, it cuts the fat off your decision. The, it cuts off the emotion so that I don't make emotional decisions. I'm making a spiritual word of God decision. So I got to get the word in me, not just the word on a Sunday, but a word on a Monday. I got to get into the word on a Tuesday. I got to get into the word on a Wednesday. I got to get a word on a Friday and especially on a Saturday. I said, especially on a Saturday. <laughs> what does the word say? Then that is how I'm going to live. And this word, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E, is how we live to the things God has for us. You see, it is so valuable to us that we do that. Now, I want to say when we don't allow the word to heal our emotions, we can become vulnerable to the enemy when we're emotionally unstable, but also vulnerable to people when we're emotionally unstable, is people will manipulate you when you're vulnerably or when you're emotionally unstable. It's real talk. And, you know, people will take you on a guilt trip. You know, I was there for you. I did this for you. And they will control you when you allow yourself to be emotionally unhealthy. And if you're letting someone control you through your emotions, it's your fault, not theirs. Now, I know that's strong, but I got to talk to you real. God did not call you to be controlled by people. He called you to be controlled by the Spirit and to serve God. This is good. This is good. Because what happens, we then become people pleasers and we're trying to please someone else's emotions. Oh, I'm talking now. We are, I'm up in your kitchen. What do you want? Scrambled eggs? Or you want, what do you want? Sunny side up? Okay. 
Because you're like, I don't please my emotions, pastor. Yeah, but you're so caught up in pleasing other people's emotions that you refuse to do what God says because you're more caught up in how they feel. You're being manipulated, taken places, and they manipulate you. And, and it's very unhealthy. You are not called to serve and please people. You're called to serve and please God. It is not my job to make you happy. It is my job to make God happy. I feel like somebody's getting set free right now. I am not the Holy Spirit and I am not God and I can never serve you to make you be happy. I've got to serve God and I've got to please God. Can I get an amen? And this is so important. And this, I'll throw this little nugget out there. I'm pivoting a little bit, but just stay with me. It's not a rant. This is, this is, this is help you. That's why it's important that you don't just, you don't just, uh, uh, um, you know, with your feelings, it's important that you don't just put your feelings out there. Don't broadcast your feelings everywhere. You know, don't put your thirst out there. <laughs> okay. You put your thirst out there, you're wondering why people come in to drink. Oh, hey, you know, why, why, why? Because you put the thirst out there. Okay. And a lot of thirsty worlds. So don't advertise your feelings. If you advertise your feelings on Facebook and everything, Instagram, you're always advertising all your feelings, and you're, then you're, you're now setting up a marketplace for, vulner, for, for vulnerability, and I'm not going to do that. I am going to take my emotions to God. I'm going to take my emotions to the Word of God. I'm going to take my emotions to the things of God. Say amen. So it's so important. Number three, I'm almost done here. I'm almost done. Write this down. I'm done, and I'm out of your way. Actually, no. I want to read this. Proverbs 25, 28. It says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. That is an awesome verse. You got to make that the verse of the year for you. Say, this year I'm going to have more self-control so I'm not a city with no walls and everything just runs in my life. No, I'm going to have some healthy barriers, some healthy boundaries emotionally so I can please God and not please others. Number three, write this down. Live to please God, not your emotions. Live to please God, not your emotions. Someone say, I'm going to please God. The scripture says in Romans 8, 6, and 8, it says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Jump down to verse 8. That is why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. In essence, what the scripture is saying is that we should live not to please ourselves, but we live to please God. I don't please my emotions. I'm learning to please my God. You see, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you also gave him your emotions. You said, God, I gave you my heart, I give you my emotions, and I want to please you. Another verse, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, so you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the what? The will of who? God. So the Bible says that I'm not going to chase my own desire, my own emotion, but instead what I'm going to do is I'm gonna be anxious for doing the will of God. I'm gonna say, God, I can't wait to do your will. I can't wait to do your will. Now this is so vitally important because it is only in the perfect will of God where you experience the abundance of God. There are three levels to God's will. There is being out of God's will, there is in his permissible will, then there's in his perfect will. His perfect will, according to Romans 12, 2, the Bible says we renew our mind. We're going to know the perfect will of God. It's out of John 10, 10, where the Bible says you'll have life and life more abundantly. When Jesus said you'll have life, he wasn't talking to a bunch of dead people in a cemetery. He was talking to people who were consciously alive, but emotionally and spiritually dead. 
So Jesus said, when you come to me, you're going to have life on another dimension. That you don't just have to wait to get to heaven to experience the emotion and the love of God, but you can actually experience the perfect will of God, the abundant life of God, while you're still walking. I don't know who this is for. While you're still on earth. In other words, while I walk on my Tuesday, I got heaven in my heart. While I walk on a Wednesday, I got emotionally heaven in my heart. I have the abundant life. I'm not just the permissible will. I'm in the perfect will of God. Come on, shout amen. Now this is important. I'm almost done here. 30 more seconds and I'll be out of your way. You can go watch the All-Star game tonight. Okay. It's, here's what you got to know. Here's what you got to know. The danger of not being emotionally healthy. I'm almost done. I got so much to unpack. I, I literally have 30 pages of notes. I'm on page nine. Okay. <laughs> but don't worry. I'll finish it next week. You're like, we won't be here for a long time. No, okay, go slow down. It's, it's, here's this. When you're in the permissible will of God, in other words, you're going to heaven. It's beautiful. But you're going through hell every day. In other words, when you die, you're going to be in heaven. But every day you're living in hell. What if I told you that God wanted to restore your soul? In other words, realign it. In other words, recalibrate it. Where he recalibrates your soul that regardless of my circumstance, I am emotionally healthy because it's placed on God, not on my circumstance. I hope this helps somebody. What if I told you that we can get to a place where you walk so much by faith that what your eye sees in the natural is nothing compared to what your spirit sees in the supernatural? What if I told you that the Bible even says in Psalms 84, it says that your, my heart and my flesh cry out for God. In other words, you can recalibrate even your flesh to want more of God, not more sin. You can recalibrate even your, your physical life to say, God, all I think about is how I can please you, live in your will, how I can walk in your purposes and do everything you call me to do. This only comes when you say, God, I don't just want to experience you out here. I want you to heal me in here. Say amen. The only way we get healed emotionally is by bringing it to Jesus, not trying to please your emotion, okay? Because when we live to please our emotion, it'll never heal it. For example, if you're angry and you're like, you know what? I just feel like, like cussing somebody out. If you do it, you're never going to get delivered by giving into it. You do it, and guess what? It grows bigger. Whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. So that's why you come to church on Sunday, because you're feeding your spirit. You're feeding your, 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 your spirit. You're feeding your faith, and you're beginning to grow in the things of God. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.